Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, April 8th, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Intern Capital. Everyone knows interns make the world go round, so when it comes to picking out your interns, make sure you choose the best. The best you say, that's right, the best. And everyone knows all the best interns come from Intern Capital. Be sure to follow Intern Capital on Twitter and keep an eye out April 14th for the Intern FT Mint launching on One Planet. Links are in the show notes. And for more information, check out intern.capital. Be sure to follow Intern Capital on Twitter for daily ship posts and stock tips. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, part two of a two-part IBC Gang Lounge space. Let's take a listen. Mr. Simon, what's going on, dude? What's up? Not much, bro. Where have you been? Bro, I've been flat out, eh? Just just uh a lot of a lot of bits and pieces in the works that uh, need a lot of brain power, so I haven't really been around. Um but yeah. I thought I'd pop in and um, do some work while I'm listening and, and kind of stay in the loop a bit. That's what's up. And I'm sorry. No, uh, unintended, huh? The question I kind of interrupted there. My bad. No, my fault. I was saying, he said Simon said he was staying in the loop, and I said, no pun intended, huh? <laughs> well, very much so. I'm, I'm working on something else in the background as well. But, yeah, the main thing is in loop and, and working out um, and working on some very um, very powerful things. But it is it, so many moving pieces, right? You just use up a lot of brain brain power in, in working this stuff out so yeah it's been a good uh, it's been a good week but um yeah just uh putting putting my mind under under lots of strain but it's exciting i mean we're in crypto right so you know there's part innovation and then part there's so many things you always got to work out like is this going to work what's the risks what's this how's this going to play out in five years how does it tie into everything and and be able to play around that hey simon just just you know a quick question before crypto what what were you doing I don't want to get too much in your personal life, but how did it kind of like make you get into crypto? Uh, I've been in crypto since uh, like end of 2016. Uh, I had first kind of first exposure to crypto, maybe 2012, but I wasn't really heavenly in. I just, you know, mined Bitcoin off my computer and <laughs> just those small things. Uh, but, you know, 2016, I, I got into crypto and I started through trading and investing. Uh, and then I just got deeper down the rabbit hole and, and saw the way my brain works. I, I don't know, like... I've got a Spurgeous brain, right? So I can re- I can retain like a large amount of information and be able to break things down. And I just, I love it all. Like being able to break down to the core concept of how things work, 
Uh, and then I figured I had a knack for for breaking down complex topic and topics and trying to make them simple. Uh, and they led me, you know, obviously I, I made my living off actually trading and investing. I went full time with that, and then you know, I moved more into the education space, and that got me uh, deeper into Terra Luna Loop and everything. Um, just being able to take a really complicated topic, break it down to its core fundamentals, and explain it to someone who may not understand it. And I think that's you know that's a skill in a way. Cool, bro. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's like super important. And, you know, no matter where you're at when you're trying to educate people is the people that have that ability to communicate effectively to all different types of people and break it down into simple, simple explanations or kind of tune it up to people who kind of need the more detail and the more technical side of things, um, because not everybody learns the same or understands the same. So, um, you know, being having that mission and doing that is, is crucial. So way to go, Simon. Appreciate you. I think you start from that base level. If you can break it down to the simpler level, you can build on top of it afterwards. I think it gives you a lot of advantage, not just in education, but it, it enables you to look at things from a different perspective, right? So you look at looking at like a tokenomics model and breaking it down to its simplest form and go, okay, well, what's the purpose of this? What, what, what is the actual goal of this particular function? And go, hey, okay, this is working, this isn't, or um, I understand the, the core concepts of why this works. Like even looking at something like, value capture and stuff and understanding the mechanics behind it you can actually innovate on things and create new things um if you understand the 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 core fundamentals and you can break it down yeah totally um and i like you know to that one of the things that i'm starting to really like that's new uh hopefully i'm not putting you on the spot Noel, is the game of notes podcast i don't know people have been able to watch those and uh you know see what they've got going on but it's really cool they you know to see things from a different perspective a different side of things um, here's some people who have some really in-depth knowledge about what's going on, um, and just, you know, get to know them a little bit too. So Noel, if you, if you want to talk about, you know, what you're doing, um, the podcast and kind of yourself too, and maybe who you are, what you're doing and kind of what got you into all this stuff too. Yeah, sure, man. So, um, basically like, uh, validators talk a lot um sort of in the background and we uh you know are around a lot on discord we talk to each other a lot and we work things out and you know we work through our problems and we just thought it'd be cool um you know i raised the idea a little while ago about just putting up a podcast so regular users can just tune in and um it's basically more or less just what we talk about day to day but we're just trying to put it in a platform that people can come and listen to and uh, ask questions because you know a lot of people probably have questions about validating and and what we do and what we bring to the party and how we solve problems and monitor and make sure things go right so you know it was just a bit of an outlet for the community to be able to um you know get an insight into to what we're doing um but also you know it's just a bit of fun for us as well and we can get guests on we can uh have a chat to people that we want to talk to talk about. And the more popular we get, the uh, higher profile people we can get to come on and just have a yarn to. So we really enjoy it. And I think that's probably more why we do it because we enjoy it. We don't really get anything out of it um, beyond that. Um, and that it's good for the users. So um, yeah, I can't really like talk for too long. I'm sort of standing around some uh, equipment. <laughs> so uh, it's about to get a bit noisy. <laughs> You're good. No worries. We appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool just to create that like relationship with, with the community, you know, get to like see your faces, hear your voices, hear, you know, see what you guys are up to. Um, and like you said, just have that platform to ask you guys questions and also see you guys interact with some of those, you know, crucial people in the ecosystem. So 
if you guys haven't yet, you guys definitely should check out uh, the videos they've got going on the podcast and uh, give them a follow as well, too. Um, Graham, looks like you got your hands up. What up, bud? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, two questions about validators. Maybe Game Notes can speak on this. What would constitute someone to getting jailed? Like, I'm looking at the Cosmos stuff, and I see, like, block scales jailed, and they have 150,000 atom. And then part two of that question is, how do I find, because you guys are 174, how do I get to the, because only active validators go up to 150, how do I get to that 151 to 175 range? Um, I'm looking okay. at it on ping, ping.pub. Uh, I can pin Sorry, that. Was that a question for us? No, yeah, yeah sure. I think he was asking, like, uh, about the jail, like, how does, what constitutes being jailed for a validator? Okay, uh, give me about a minute and I'll come back and answer that. No worries, no worries. <laughs> um, and then Graham, just while he's uh, away and we're waiting for him, to see the inactive validator set, um, it really depends on where you're at, what interface you're using. Um, are you using Kepler, MintScan? What are you Kepler. looking at right now? Kepler right now. Kepler, okay. So what you can usually do is when you're in Kepler, um, when you're like looking at the validator set, at the top there's like a little tab um, that says like active validators and the other one says inactive validators. You see that? Yeah, yeah. And then do I just gotta kind of scroll to find you guys mm, the yep. inactive set? So yeah, so on uh, Kepler, it actually doesn't organize the people in the inactive set by like how much they have delegated to them. It's just kind of random, I think. Um, but if you go to MintScan and look it up on MintScan, it'll organize the active, the inactive validators by um, <clears throat> their order of the delegation they have. But you can still delegate through Kepler um, or PingHub, PingPub, or wherever. And you can delegate through MintScan because I've never done that. So someone said that. I've never done it either, but I, I've never done that. So I couldn't really tell you how to. Yeah, I'll play around with it and figure it out. But yeah, no probs. Sounds like Noel's and a bunch of uh, like thread rippers and a bunch of hardware is just about to be going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool what uh, Game of Nodes is doing. I'm, I'm pretty interested to, to listen into some of their podcasts. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I, I know honestly, I think the validators have a huge role in the ecosystem. Um, there's a lot of responsibility put on them, um, and then at the same time, though, we're really crucial of what they do, and we get kind of mad when they are at the moment like taking hold of that responsibility we're giving them and and doing things. You know, like people are like, "Why are validators being political? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that?" And it's like, hey, at the same time that they're validating blocks, they also have our delegated voting power to vote on our behalf that's technically like a politician in, in, a, in like a definition and they're doing technically what they're supposed to is vote in a way that they feel is best for the network um you, you know it's it's great when validators explain their reasoning on why they're voting and are involved in in all the governance props and you know know why they're voting that um sometimes you don't get that sometimes you do um but yeah, i just think that you know we have to really appreciate all the work they're doing and they're pretty much holding up the network. If there's no validators, there's no network, you know. And then if they if they don't turn out for votes and reach consensus, you know, with with all the other individual voters, you know, we we can't you know pass these props. And so I just think that it's like we 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 have to realize like the validators in their corner forum have that responsibility, and so we have to realize that yes, maybe there's a balance, and maybe you don't want some validators to be too political, but they do have their own opinions at the same time as like the delegated power to be political in a way. I'm back, by the way. Um, so just jumping back, uh, to your questions about, um, what can get you jailed? Um, 
We still here? Yes, sir. Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah, so basically there's more or less two main things that you can get jailed for, and one is a downtime and the other one is a double sign. So the relatively benign one is the downtime. So you can you can have uh, parameters for each blockchain about how many blocks you can miss as a validator or not sign um, within a certain window of blocks. So, for example, it might be 5% of 10,000 blocks that you can miss. So that means that you can miss 9,500 blocks in that window or, you know, it's like a traveling window, so it moves along. Um, and if you miss 9,500 blocks in any one 10,000 block window, then you get jailed for downtime. And what that means is that you get slashed a percentage of your tokens as the as your self-stake, as well as all of your delegators tokens as being, um, you know, delegated to that validator. Uh, so most of the time, the, downs, the downtime slashing... Uh, is like percentage of the tokens is pretty low, like 0.05% or something like that. Just depends network to network. But you also got to keep in mind that the um, amount of time that you have to be down for to get that slash is fairly long. So, um, you know, for Juno, I think it's something around like between 14 and 16 hours, depending on the block speed. So that doesn't happen too often, but it still does happen. Um, so, I think like there's probably the vast majority of validators probably haven't ever been slashed for a downtime slash. Uh, and the other type of slashing is a, um, a double sign slash. So basically that means if a validator signs a block twice, uh, then they get a big slash, which is maybe, you know, 0.5% or something like that depends network to network and it's settable in the parameters. Um, but if that happens, they will also get perma-jailed, which means they can't get back out. It's called Tombstone. Um, so that's the one you really don't want to get. Uh, but it's pretty rare that that happens, and it usually happens um, in a situation where uh, there's like some sort of issue with consensus during an upgrade, um, and maybe you know people are trying various things to get the network back on its feet. Uh, and sometimes you lose your signing state, and if that happens and you keep your node on and the network comes back live, there's a chance that you will double sign. Uh, I heard something somewhere about uh, someone was mentioning sometimes people uh, try run extra info t- as a backup and sometimes that gets that, that can cause them to double sign. I could be wrong there, but is that, is that a possibility as well? Yeah, so for example, um, we run a spare node, um, but there's um, keys that you have to use to um, sort of transport your your validator. So if I turn off one node that's acting as a validator um, and copy the keys from that validator onto the spare node, which would just be running normally with a different node key, um, and then just replace that node key and, and install the private validator key, and then turn that other validator on while my existing validator is still running, then there's a chance I'll double sign. But you have to propose the same block. Um, so if you're a really low um, stake validator, like right down the bottom, for example, it might be, you might not sign a block or you might not propose a block for days. Um, so I've heard of some people running with two validators at once uh, with the same signing key and not actually double signing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's still pretty bad to do. Um, but basically like if you're running two nodes, you want to absolutely make sure that you turn off your 
um, masternode or that your masternode's not signing or proposing before you boot up your um, your spare node. Yeah, that makes sense because that's what I'd heard around double signing that that was uh, guys almost not not trying to cheat the system, but yeah, that that was causing that causes double signing as well. Yeah, it's um so you know it's a redundancy um sort of method that a lot of people use. Uh, some people, if they have a problem with their main validator, they might um, use a sentry or something like that temporarily as a validator while they fix their main node um, so that you're not appearing to miss a lot of blocks. Um, so there's various various reasons why you might, might want to use like a spare node. But um, yeah, basically you just pretty much need to make sure that they're not both running at the same time. And particularly if you're a high ranked validator um, because you propose blocks more often. Uh, so this is a bit of a um, funny topic because a lot of people seem to think that by delegating to a higher ranked validator that they're going to share in more fees, which is technically true. They do share in more fees delegated to a high-ranking validator or a low-ranking validator on a long-term basis you sort of share in the same amount of fees anyway because when the lower ranked validators do finally hit a block there's less delegators to share the fees amongst so they get more of the share um so people um like when a, a higher ranked validator is proposing blocks they're still only getting the same amount of fees but there's a lot more people to distribute it to so statistically in the long term it ends up pretty much the same and then i saw somewhere that there was a governance vote on something to do with validators and that sort of thing um i can't remember what proposal or what chain was on and i haven't osmosis. really read it too. osmosis okay yeah, no, what so no, was it? I'd be interested to see or hear your opinion on that. I think it's one, oh, dude. There's literally like eight props up for Osmosis right now. It's like one ninety one between one ninety six. <laughs> one of those. So basically, what it does is instead of doing like the deterministic, uh, you know, and you get your block rewards for each block, it just gives each validator a flat uh, epoch reward to distribute between the uh, their delegators. So if you have more delegates, you get less APR for each um, each each uh, individual delegator. But then if you say you're lower in the active set, your your delegates are going to earn more yield because you're getting the same amount of Osmo as reward as the like top validators, but just less Osmo to split it up in between. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I, that um, from memory, I, I don't actually uh, validate on osmosis because the floor is lava and it's hard to get off the floor as a new validator <laughs> um but that particular prop i think was meant to fix the um epoch lottery so there was and i'm not i'm, I'm assuming they fixed it there was a case where the higher ranked validators were more likely to get the um the epoch vote um or the epoch proposal and if that happens then all of the um the block reward uh, went to that like there's a, a block reward bonus i should say it's not it's not to do with the normal block reward but the proposer gets a bonus um so whoever proposed the epoch block was getting the entire bonus yeah they that same thing was with uh evmos too correct and that's kind of what led to some of the top heavy uh validators up there because it was like a 1300 evmos like block reward or something i think on one of them so do you think that that lottery uh, POC bonus is useful or do you think that it's kind of uh, kind of dangerous? I think it's good that they, they fixed it to more of a distributed system. 
um, because I think there are ways that you can, um, if you're a higher ranked validator, you can like increase your likelihood of getting the epoch as well. And that involves uh, probably, you know, um, missing blocks up to there. So you've got your, uh, it's a little bit difficult to explain, but um, there's like your probability of proposing the block uh, changes each block. Um, and you can actually see it as like your voting um, weight. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but basically it's it's a number assigned to your validator and the longer time goes by, it gets smaller and smaller and then you'll propose a block and then it gets bigger again. And I think that you could manipulate that to increase your chances of getting the epoch block. But I could be wrong about that. I'm just sort of trying to remember something that I read about it a long time ago. That does make sense. Like because it's kind of deterministic like you said you like if you're missing blocks during the time that's midday not near the epoch and you save your you know your power per se to post blocks later closer to epoch time it increases your chances so that is a way to actually game that that's that's interesting yeah and when uh when evmos first launched there was a lot of strange things going and um they launched with the um the uh inflation on and a lot of people were confused at the start there about you know how those um some validators ended up with tokens and others didn't and you know because the first epoch i think like the lion's share of the epoch went to like one validator yep jabby he uh he had 15 i think the next was like 11 or 12 and then it was like fives and ones after that and it was yeah, yeah. It was the way it started like it was all backdoor like if you can get in, you can get in. If not, you're shit out of luck. And if you got in, yeah, you're well, happy. <laughs> I, I remember like the first epoch and there was like one validator had like maybe, you know, for example, 10 uh, Evmos and the rest of them all had like, you know, virtually nothing. And so almost all of the, the epoch reward went to one validator, I think, from memory. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of, tackle that because it's kind of going to be kind of hard to come back from that if they don't really take like firm action not necessarily action against them but to find a way to create a, like more of a balance yeah i haven't um really looked into what the actual parameters are about when uh, we relaunch uh which is coming up pretty soon i was gonna say it's, it's creeping up it's actually gonna be real soon um but that'll be exciting like i feel like yeah, it kind of was delayed, but at the same time, there was probably a lot of projects that are getting ready to deploy on Evmos that now had more time to kind of get their product refined and just ready to launch. And it'll be like a blast of uh, of Evmos projects here in the beginning. Yeah, man, it should be uh, pretty interesting to see what happens when we get back up. Um, I think they've fixed a lot of things. I think part of the reason why they stayed off for so long was so that they could fix most of the problems that they had. Um, so they didn't relaunch with, um, you know, people not being able to stake and people not being able to use certain things. So, yeah, definitely was a cluster to say the least. And it'll probably still be a little messy when we, when we relaunch for a couple of days. Yeah. I definitely think that they, they know that like they really need to kind of get it, get it right the second time. But from what I understand, they're going to launch with rewards turned off. Um, I, I believe so. That, that's that's my understanding. But um, like I said, I haven't. I would have to go back and check what those startup parameters were. 
Yeah, I think they want to allow a lot of the people that have ledgers to be able to claim their and move move their coins and stake their coins with rewards turned off. I think that's what I heard in the week, the midweek call, as far as Evmos. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of like um, when when we first launched that and validators, including myself. Um, jumped on Twitter and said, you know, get on uh, Evmos and stake your, your tokens because of the high APR. Man, I didn't realize how many people couldn't actually stake and how pissed they were about it, but I, I soon found out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, and you don't, you know, you don't, when you're going through that that fast, everybody's just like, boom, 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 quick. I got to hurry up and stake, like get my Evmos. Like you're not really, and you get yours. You don't really know and understand that there's people that didn't. So it's, it's, you know, it's not like anybody was just like, Ooh, I don't care if other people can't, I'm getting mine. It's, it was more so just like everybody was at a free for all and everybody found out at the same time <laughs> that some people could and couldn't get it there. their Evmos. But right. I think you yeah, have the inflation's being turned off. will kind of boil like keep those people kind of calmer and be able to give them a chance to get their, their Evmos on uh, staked and earning some rewards. I had a quick question for game of nodes. Like, so y- you are involved with, Juno, you validate with Juno? Uh, yeah, so um, so this is Null from uh, Kingnodes, um, okay. and we are a validator on Juno, yes. Okay, Kingnodes, I'm familiar. I've definitely seen you in the list. Um, we had someone else earlier come up, come up and, you know, ask, you know, like, what is, what is Juno's vision and all that stuff? And, like, for me, <clears throat> being a little bit newer to crypto, and, I'm, I mean, I think I have a good little – better understanding of the cosmos ecosystem now than i did a year ago it's like to me juno and we've talked about this before in other spaces it's like yes it's a permissionless um smart contract platform but it could it it's whether it's it's gone through the last two weeks or last three weeks juno has gone through a lot um with prop 16 and just trying to figure out what is very very tough governance decisions and then just recently with um, this, this, uh, the chain halt, if, you know, Juno is going to weather all this and become out stronger. Like Juno has a lot of potential. I just, I really feel Juno has a lot of potential. And to me, it's like, because it is permissionless, it's like, is it, is it like a young Ethereum? Is is that, is that a good way to, to kind of describe it? Like, what do you think? (laughs) A very young, because Ethereum went through a lot of, turbulent times in the beginning also i i I don't know a lot but of the early ethereum days but is that a good comparison or is that totally off well i think um i think juno is unique in that so many of the users um well the ownership of the chain is distributed through so many of the users so I feel like um, a lot of the users have like feel like they've got an ownership of the chain, which they do, um, and they want to be involved in it and they want to sort of protect it. You know, it's their baby. Um, you could compare it to, you know, Ethereum in that it's a permissionless smart contract chain. Um, but I guess it's not a direct comparison because the way Ethereum works at the moment through proof of work, there's no governance and there's no control in that type of sense. So, for example, Prop 16 couldn't exist uh, on Ethereum um, other than if the validators, or, well, not the validators, all of the uh, you know the miners were to get together and decide that 
you know, some account shouldn't exist and then they, they forked instead. Um, so I guess they're different in that way, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how much more I can tell you on that other, other than, you know, it's, it's just more unique, I guess, in the Cosmos ecosystem in that it's, there's no real main holders. There's no VCs. Um, you know, the, the, the token is vastly more distributed amongst the users. Yeah. Cause it was a, it was a pure airdrop, right? It, it was just strictly to, to Adam Stakers is the, the original Geno airdrop. So for anyone listening that's not familiar with, you know, Ethereum, it's like there is some serious large holders of Ethereum, you know, that are still holding a lot of Ethereum, you know, but Geno is a strict, strictly airdrop distributed throughout the Cosmos ecosystem. And, and I definitely hear what you're saying as far as like Ethereum is proof of stake right now. They're, they're transitioning to, Ethereum is proof of work right now. They are transitioning to proof of stake. And um, it's, it, but the fact of what Ethereum did back in 2018 with, and then 2019, 2020 with the definance, de like a de decentral finance was, was born on Ethereum. And, and I feel like just the opportunity of, of people to be their own bank for a community to, you know, get away from traditional finance like this this is just, just ground groundbreaking technology and, and we're right at right on the beginning of it yeah man i have to agree and and just going back to your um you know your statement about the distribution um most of the token was distributed to holders of adam um obviously there's the whale thing involved in that um but other than that there was um distribution to the founders or the, the core founders and that was not a large percentage i think it was probably you know less than two or three percent I, I don't really recall offhand um and there was also the community pool and there was also the developers fund um and the developers fund is you know uh, i think it was similar amount again to the um to the core founders funds um, as a whole, uh, and that fund is actively being used to uh, fund like uh, relayer fees and to fund development on Juno by uh, other developers on working on Cosmos and projects and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely, and I, I know all that is on in the white paper, but it's Juno is less than a year old, right? Like, I mean. <laughs> It, it yeah, went first, first of October launch. Yeah, so October one of this year will be one year. So I just think there's a lot of potential. It, it has gone through a a, a tur turbulent season, but just just the fact that the the technology is so so groundbreaking and changing. Just for decentralized finance to, I mean, take off the way it has on Ethereum. Um, I think every you know everything that can be done on Ethereum can technically be done on, you know, Juno, I guess, you know, with different applications. Well, there's, there's so much more that um, is sort of being developed on Juno now because of the, the lower fee structure, it makes a lot more possible. So um, all the stuff that we've got in DAOs um, and DAO tooling uh, coming through DAO, DAO and all of the guys working um, in that team, I don't think you would see 
in something like uh, Ethereum just because it costs so much to make a transaction. And when you've got these complex transactions for these various governance models that um, Dowdow are working on, then it would just become, you know, uh, like fiscally not possible to do um, with the current Ethereum uh, proof of work model. Cool. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm glad you were. Uh, I just wanted to kind of get just get some it, get some ideas from you. And uh, the the podcast is on YouTube, right? Is that mainly where you're? Yeah, so we're we're on YouTube um, every Wednesday, twenty one hundred UTC. We do our, our weekly podcast, and lately we've been well. I mean, we've done our we've done four podcasts to date, um, and plus two extra podcasts. We had the um, a bit of a, a podcast about the Unity prop, um, just explaining it more to people. So that was between two and three, and then we had our live stream um, for the uh, Juno. Uh, restart which was our biggest podcast actually i think we had something like 2200 views or something on that one during the um the live stream and we also we'd call it a podcast we put it out um on you know apple and spotify and all that type of stuff as well so there's plenty of places to listen to it very cool thanks a lot appreciate all the input i really do no worries mate i better go appreciate you know have a good one Peace. Catch you later, bye. Hey, uh, thank you guys for uh, delegating to our validator already. <laughs> Appreciate that so much. I think what's cool about right now is we're there's one number that's messing it up, kind of, but we're we're one sixty nine. Oh, <laughs> let's get rid of that one. Let's pump it up. <laughs> sixty nine. Hey, I saw another thing about Cosmos Spaces. It looks like uh, the Twitter is got we we have about uh, forty four hundred um, followers on Twitter, and so we need to we need to bump that up to five k. <laughs> so um, everybody, uh, spread the word about Cosmos Spaces, and then once we hit five k, then uh, who knows? Well, maybe we'll have a fun giveaway or something like that. Got to, got to, Mayor. We yes, got to. We still have to do our 1K giveaway for our Discord. We've just been waiting for a few things to, to happen before we, we do that. But So if you want to jump in the Discord, you still got time to be a part of the biggest giveaway we've ever done. Let me pop in there real quick, Tricky, and see how many people have joined the... Oh, we have 19 people that joined the Osmo giveaway. Um, you have to react with a little like um, surprise thingy, celebration emoji. Otherwise, I don't think it'll enter you in. I might be wrong. You are correct, Gaines. You have to uh, interact with that to enter you in. Uh-oh. We have six people that use a different emoji. It might be somebody else that doesn't want to. Um, also, too, just in case anybody uh, is looking for where how to get in the Discord, the uh, Discord link is up at the top in one of the uh, pinned posts. It's the second to last after AZ's amazing thread. Um, and make sure you guys go in there. Get in on this giveaway for some Osmo, uh, supported by the Osmosis Support Lab. Um, to make sure you guys, uh, you know, have some Osmosis to play around with. Whether you get some FOT, get some get some Osmosis, just keep your Osmosis and put into an LP pool, or whatever you do with it. You know, it's a uh, it's free Osmosis for you. Hey, can I uh, can I give a night go a quick shout out, Tricky? Because she was in our space with the ladies earlier, but she wasn't feeling that well. So, hey, Nightgo, thank you for joining. 
Um, yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm much better. I think it just has to do with keeping late nights and waking up early. Oof. Surprisingly, like, yeah, I woke up with a, like a really bad cold this morning. And I think it's just the lack of sleep. Like I get maybe four or five hours of sleep every day. And I think that's taking a toll on my body. Yeah, my does. head is out a little bit. Yeah. I did want to contribute something on violators uh, and politics. Um, I just wanted to call our attention to the fact that as delegators, if we cast our votes for every governance or any governance we're interested in, our voting will supersede that of the validator. But if we don't, then the validators can use our coins and vote how they wish. So if we are really, really bothered about the direction the chain is going, we should actually make it a duty to look into governance and cast our votes using our own coins. And that way we have our say. Amen. Amen to that. Tricky does such a well job at looking at the governance proposals. Like when I have a question about a governance proposal, I reach out to Tricky and he kind of breaks it down. Cause for me, sometimes those things are way too technical. And um, especially now that we have validators, it's super important, you know, to break those things down so we all understand what's going on. And you're a validator yourself, right, Nightgo? For a future. Oh, my husband is very in touch with what happens on the technical side. Unless he translates it to a video for me and uh, I think I've been involved in the governance from before it became as posh as it is on Cosmos. So I've had a long history of understanding what the objectives are. And Osmos does a good job of really putting it in plain English by saying if you vote yes, this is what will happen. If you vote no, this is what will happen. So it's really easy with Osmosis. And the new Kepler wallet makes it very easy for you to see on the dashboard, what votes are pending and whether you have voted or not. So it's easier to keep track of what's happening now. Well, there's been uh, a, there's been a ton of proposals on the Osmosis chain. Um, and one one that I would like to talk about a little bit more, if, if you guys don't mind, is the one about the um, the stake in rewards. I think it's prop. Let me see. Let me uh, scroll up here a bit. Prop 191. So what is it? What are, exactly are they talking about? Like a flat portion of stake rewards per validator. So every validator is going to earn the same amount. Yeah. Um, so so right now, Gaines, the way it, what happens is the reward is distributed by how many blocks I think you post or technically weighted to how many uh, like osmosis you have delegated to your validator. So it's pretty much guaranteed for everybody, no matter what validator you stake to right now, that you're going to get the same uh, APY slash APR, however you look at it. What this prop would do is it would divide up the uh, osmosis rewards. So like right now, the, the number one through like 10 validators obviously get a lot more osmosis uh, rewarded to them for the epoch than like the bottom 5, 10, 20, 50 even. What this would do is instead of having it weighted like that, every validator would actually get the same amount of rewards to distribute to their delegators. So the same, say it's like a thousand for each validator. So the number one and two or whatever validators would have a thousand to distribute to every single delegator to whereas like 
number one, whatever, 100 and whatever would have that same amount to distribute to even less validators or delegators. So what it's trying to do is incentivize people to delegate to lower ranked validators and kind of uh, <clears throat> remove some of that voting and consensus power away from the top validators. Because I don't know what the exact number is right now, but it's something like eight validators or something control like over 50% of consensus and, and voting power. Um, so that's what the, the, the goal of the, the prop is to do is to kind of incentivize people to spread out their delegations. Um, but there's also some like trip, like problems that could bring up. So what one thing people could do is like a big validator. So obviously they're not making as much money as being a big validator. So instead of having all of those delegations in one validator, they just spin up another one. And mm -hmm. so <clears throat> instead of having, you know, 118 at the moment, it's like independent validators, you would maybe have 50 because everybody would just want to spin up another node and split up their uh, their delegations, if that makes yeah. sense. Thank you, bro. That makes a lot of sense. And how does that play? I mean, how, how what commissions? Because everyone has a different commission, right? So that would also be changed or would that just stay the same? So each validator would like probably keep the same commission, but or I mean, it's it doesn't necessarily affect that, but it just each validator is going to be getting a different amount of rewards like some are going to be getting less some are going to be getting more so like a newer validator that's on the lower uh end of the active set they become more profitable through this and then validators that are at the top um, become a little less profitable uh oh so i see a problem with that because then what i would think a lot of validators would do is set their commission to a very very low number um or sorry no wait, yeah right it would be high maybe it would be would be higher. higher it would be higher so that they could because if if they're higher on the end or on the delegation or on the the ranking of the validators then yes to make more money because now they're going to be getting maybe a little less osmo is they would um have to raise their their commission to make the same amount of money but then maybe that too at the same time would be a good effect because then people would move away from them and delegate elsewhere and then at the same time as like the delegates go away and the amount of osmo they start to make goes up a little bit they can lower their commission fees as well mm -hmm. but but also <clears throat> there's still the the possibility of somebody just spinning up a second validator and then they have the number 20 and the number 100 and the number 110 you know and and said instead of being number one or two or three um but i saw uh lazuli you came up how you doing hey good how are you good how you doing man um, yeah, I was going to mention how the on-chain proposal is actually not very well worded. Uh, if you look at the Commonwealth thread, it shows how it's only 1% of the daily rewards that's taken to be used for this plan. And it, the middle validator to the smallest validator would actually have equal APR. So it's not like the complete set would be the flat rate you're right you're right so yeah and, they did like protect the top you're right yeah so the the biggest difference from the biggest validator to the smallest validator would be one an additional one percent rewards so it's not a huge difference so in essence though yeah the way it's written it wouldn't really do as much as maybe you think it would um but the intention is is a good intention but yeah, yeah i forgot that they did write that in to like 
not change anything for some of the top ones and it's like yeah 50 through the bottom are like the same yeah so just enough to affect the mentality of delegators to uh, bring them to the smaller validators but yeah to not like actually make a real effect on uh how much people are going to be receiving and staking rewards and how much validators will be making in in uh, commission and profits and stuff so, wow. yeah that makes sense well yeah, it's yeah. already been not, not as drastic yeah it's doing like a complete flat fee thanks uh lazuli i haven't seen you around lazuli you've been busy with something or what yeah i've been pretty busy I I'm see you got a wad squad now. That's what I was just gonna say. I see you got a, a wad squad. Yeah, I like these wads. <laughs> just a reminder, go get in that giveaway. But uh, if there's anybody else out there in the uh, in the crowd that wants to come up and talk and share something or ask questions, uh, feel free to request the mic. I DM tricky uh, just about like the experience of um, redelegating. And for anyone else who wants to redelegate to the Cosmos spaces on Cosmos, it was actually really easy. All you have to do is press redelegate under the staking section. Once you go to there, uh, the list is alphabetically ordered. Just keep scrolling down through the active set. You'll get to the inactive set. And then it'll be a mixture of jailed and inactive ones. And it's all alphabetically ordered. Just look up Cosmos spaces and it has the three... Um, uh, I think it's a peace emoji, heart emoji, and a cosmos emoji. And then you can just easily redelegate there. And that's how I did it for anyone who I wanted to know. And that was through the Kepler um, wallet extension app. Thanks, Graham. Thanks, Graham. It's another example of all the uh, super cool UI that we get to take advantage of in, in the cosmos and not have to go through all this crazy stuff and all these crazy steps to get to where we want to be. Oh yeah, for sure, bro. For sure. Hey, but Lazuli, um, did you um, pay attention to any new mints that came out today on Star Stargaze? I thought there was a few that came out. No, I haven't seen that. I know the, what's the one with the banner? Stargazers, uh, something about a banner that they have the pixelated uh, kind of stuff. They started planning their launch. I actually like those a lot. Like a mm -hmm. lot, dude. I really like those a lot. Yeah, those look good. I picked the one up with a, a type of banner thing. What was it called, Tricky? Didn't, did, you get, did you get one? Um, maybe multi. not. No, multi-scape. Multi-scape it was, Tricky. I like them too. What's going to be the next uh, cool project launching on Stargaze? And then when are we going to have a, a marketplace? Anybody got any ideas or thoughts? For real, man. For real. We need that. We need that ASAP. I've been hit up a few times because people want to buy the um, IBC friends from me. And I'm like, you know, just just wait. Because first off, how do I know you're not a scammer? <laughs> you know, and how, how would we even handle that? You know, we would have to do it like with a middleman or something to make sure that I don't get scammed. But there's there's some interest in trading these NFTs already. We just need that marketplace to go live. Yeah. Dude, can, does anybody know if you could transfer over your Stargaze NFTs right now to Omniflix? Oh, that's interesting. I'd never thought about that. Do they accept uh, stars yet? 
No, but oh. you can choose the other IBC assets to sell it for. You don't have to get stars for it. Oh, that's true. So that could be a backdoor way for people to start creating a market. But I'm not sure if you can even do that. That um, that'd be risky. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say though, Graham? Uh, my question was: Is there any escrow services on um, any of the chains? I guess. So I guess Juno would be one you could use for uh, writing smart contracts. Just have an easy escrow service. Like you can date lock and stuff like that, probably. To like uh, trade certain things, like yeah, exactly. NFTs. Yeah, NFTs, tokens, coins. You could probably mm-hmm. do it all. That'd be cool. Cause, dude, I remember. I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh, Vivi or like a Comey. Um, but uh, I was kind of a VV to Gen for a little bit. I have a lot of uh, NFTs on there, <laughs> maybe a little too many. Um, but in the very early days, they had to shut down the marketplace, and you couldn't trade any of your NFTs in the marketplace. But you could continue to buy. And so what people did was they would set up little Telegram groups and all that, and Discords, and they'd essentially be just escrow services. <laughs> and man, people would make a lot of money because people just wanted to trade and they needed that like trusted service because, you know, people want to do it, but it's so hard in like the world that we're in where it's just a Twitter profile or a Telegram profile and you never know who's on the other side and what their intentions are. Um, so like being able to be that middleman that's like trusted, but then you also got to have that reputation and continue to do that and then know when people are trying to pull funny stuff, a lot of responsibility on it, but. <clears throat> that like trust factor in, in anything we do is like it's needed in so many things. It's crazy. Does anybody have any experience with Vivi by chance? Just random. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. How, do, how do you spell it? I want to look this up. It's V-E-V-E. So it's actually kind of really cool. So they actually are the only uh, like blockchain, like NFT uh platform that has licensed uh marvel um disney all like all of disney marvel star wars star trek like all of that stuff they have the like license rights to make nfts with so it's all like legit so it's not like somebody just making their their own version of batman they have like you know todd franklin sculpture of batman that's like a legit licensed nft so like those are the ones that are going to actually have real some real value for collectors um you know because there's a lot of people out there that are just you know i consider myself one of these people like a nerd you know that uh like just loves this stuff and i want to collect it um but also too it's really cool because what it does is all of your nfts you can actually use to like in their app to do like an augmented reality 3d thing so like you can place your nft like in a picture and like or next to you or something like there's a Oh, there's the DeLorean from Back to Future and you can like get a life size one and then like make it static, like in like virtual reality in your phone. And then you can act like you're getting in the car and like look at the flux capacitor and like, you know, like, sorry, my little thing just rugged me. But yeah, being a flux capacitor and in the seat and everything. It's really cool. Yeah, I just found their page and pinned to the top. They need to get one step farther and make um, uh, for like the figurines and characters they need to get the 3d printing thing that people can do at home with it dude they got a lot of things planned so i forgot to mention too that their like head of licensing and partnerships is alfred khan and if anybody knows who alfred khan is that is like the licensing king of the world he's the guy that brought pokemon uh and more to america um so he's leading all the strategic partnerships and like making all that happen so there's been a lot of chatter that they're gonna end up being like the nft platform for pokemon 
um because they also have like this whole they call like the vv verse <laughs> um it's gonna be like a metaverse um and you can kind of like you know take your nfts in there and do different things and all these games and events and even more, like all these different things um it's really cool it's definitely in its early days there's, there's been a lot of problems on the app and then they were on like i think go chain <laughs> um which is weird but they just migrated to immutable x um but it's really cool like if you like license or if you're like, you're like into the marvel stuff or anything like that um it you really like to go on there and see what they have and have fun with it bb huh bb yeah man so you can they have like different like uh styles you can do like a, a 3d like nft that you can actually have you can get like comic books um so they have like some of the super like super rare like collectible comic books that they make and they do it really cool like they'll do different editions of them so that like different rarities they do like drops that are like secret drops like they won't even tell you when it's happening it just happens on the <laughs> on the uh platform and then you have to be on there to get it you like uh there's some really cool stuff on there so if you're in NFTs at all, and especially like if you're like, hey, these are just whatever fake stuff, like these are actually maybe some real um, NFTs that you could actually argue with people who are with that want to make that argument. Um, and it's, it's really fun. Like I said, you get to mess around with it in augmented reality. Immutable X is a ETH layer two, is it not? So maybe there'll be an EVM compatible on uh, Evmos. Get them over there. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they just, yeah, they just migrated over to Mutable X on Ethereum. So it's cool though now too, like no gas fees and everything. Um, but yeah, it's nuts, man. Some people have kind of got lucky with some of the stuff they have on there. It's, it's insane. Like launch days, they sell out in literally like seconds. Like if you don't get the first click, once it's like the countdown's done, you, you, you're out of luck. <laughs> and, uh, it used to be like when they first launched that things sat there forever, you know, and. And then two months after they launched, people kind of caught on. And then it was just like a frenzy. You kind of couldn't couldn't really get it anymore. But it's it's fun. I used to wake up every, I think it's like Thursday and Saturday or something and set an alarm and have my iPad and my phone set up and get ready for the launch and <laughs> be ready to click and buy. And it was cool. But I, I, I spent too much money on it. I had to stop. <laughs> Mayor, what are you what are you up to tonight? I'm checking out the Twitter handles of these uh, these two uh, Fortis founders. <laughs> oh, he's doing research. Yeah. I was going to say, you putting on your detective hat and doing some research? Yeah, did you get, I, I posted it in the the DM. I'll get them, man. I'll get them. It, it's some deep stuff. I don't have enough time to follow it all, but um, I'm going to, uh, I guess every Monday the e epoch time is random. On Mondays. Mondays, really? I never, oh, I never noticed that, Mayor. Yeah. Oh yes, this is what like that tweet that you sent me. I'm gonna post it. Everybody should look at this because it goes over. I think somebody breaks down the dungeon and like what each LP token is and all that stuff. Yeah, that's some top secret stuff there. I'm surprised they leaked that out a couple days ago. I'm surprised. I don't know. I guess a lot of people haven't been checking out these guys' uh, Twitter pages, but um, the epoch time normally is um, is it Eastern Standard at eight p.m. or seven p.m. Eight p.m. Eastern. 
8 p.m. Eastern Standard. Got it. Got it. So yeah, that's what I was doing. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about Juno too. Like I'm just, I'm just glad Juno is back up and running, and I'm just really impressed with uh, the way they they diagnosed it and got it back up. And um, you know, I know you guys were we were talking about the Frontiers page on um, Osmosis. I, I'm excited for it. I think it's cool. I just think I know they mentioned it um, in the 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 midweek um, lab report. I think the os- osmosis um, in the lab. I can never remember what they call that Wednesday. <laughs> Updates in the lab. I think right. Updates from the lab. I yeah. think Sunny mentioned it, <laughs> but I'm just surprised there wasn't more um, information ahead of the rollout. Like it was just like boom, all of a sudden. And, and, you know, it's like we pay attention to it. I'm just like for someone who really doesn't pay attention to osmosis that much, you know, it, it might have took them off off guard a little bit, you know, because it, it looks like, Juno, you know, the only way to um, to move like everything permissionless is going to be on that other one. So and it's still um, on the mobile app. You can't you can't get to that frontier page on on the Kepler mobile. So you have to do it from a desktop. At least that's what the way it seems to be working for me is that correct yeah because like the the page that you go to through kepler is the main main front end yes that's because they're trying to like streamline that really 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 good user experience for everybody to enjoy and not have to worry about you know Mm -hmm. all the problems and like what 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 app is this what do i do how do i do this why is there Mm -hmm. something like wrapped eths like what like you know right right yeah so they can like you know kind of funnel people to different directions like obviously you know down the road there's there's probably going to be some sort of tab that lets you switch between you know the different pro mm-hmm. frontier and, and regular mm-hmm. um but but yeah i think like the the best move right now is to just keep you know most people going in that that easy streamlined ui and then anybody who really wants to go the other route it has obviously has the ability and technical know how to do so so it's much better to allow them to do it themselves rather than lead people into a Right. A dangerous wild wild west is is possible say. Yeah, and the, and the mobile app only. I mean, it's they've they've got so much going on, and that's that's Kepler. That's aside from the osmosis, but um, I team. I I think it's 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 great. It's it's just um, you know, it's osmosis is really delivering. You know, I, I they've got so much in the pipeline right now. I'm, you know, I the whole market's dipping right now, and I think that's because. Um, the the bitcoin 2022 conference like there i there was a lot of people were hoping there was going to be a big announcement with apple pay and I, I don't think that panned out i think it ended up being like spotify did you guys hear the news like spotify is going to accept uh lightning pay- payments and that was kind of like the news that came out of the conference so i i think that's the reason that you know the overall market's kind of dipping aside from you know all the other stuff going on in the stock market yeah yeah it was it was shopify so Shopify will accept lightning payments. Correct. Um, Shopify. Did I say Spotify? <laughs> yeah, Spotify. <laughs> same uh, thing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Same thing. Same thing. Same, same but, but different. You know. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of one of those things that I think it got sold. It, it Bitcoin sold off a little bit on on the the lack of the big announcement. But, yeah, and I think it's always you know buy the rumor, sell the news. And tradition wasn't the news even <laughs> it's like tradition i swear like when there's a special event like even for ethereum boom the freaking price tanks <laughs> everybody that's there had to spend their ethereum to get there 
<laughs> I'm kidding. So for Cosmoverse, we should probably buy <laughs> buy during during the Cosmoverse event. It might be lower after, like during slash after <laughs> after. <laughs> no, I, dude, I can't wait for Cosmoverse. I got pushed back, but that's just gonna be cool. Have an event and get all the people together. Mayor, make sure yeah. that you save up for that event, dude. We want to see you there. Oh man, it's in like South America, Colum- Colombia, right? Yeah, but you're yep, gonna be you got there. your passport. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it to South America. <laughs> Why <yeah>. not? <laughs> oh, just too much stuff going on. But the the Austin, Texas thing that that's in June. The the Luna conference. Are you going to go? That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Dude, I'm like starting to regret not buying the early bird tickets because I totally wanted to go. But then I was just like, dude, when I found out about it, it literally was like countdown. And it was like uh, two, like 12 hours before the early bird tickets were done. How much are uh, they now, Tricky? Shoot. I have not checked, but they were like 150, I think, or right? Or something like that, or 250. And... I don't get it with these conferences, like why they, I, I understand they want people to buy tickets early, but it's like, come on, just like make it a flat rate, you know, like some people can't plan out like four months in advance. But anyways, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, that's more of a possibility for me than, than going all the way to, to, uh, to South America for Cosmos first, which, let me know, Mayor. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to that one to- too. You're going to be at both. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, close. Yeah, I was going to say, Simon, are you going? I want to go. Yeah, we're pretty much sponsoring a big chunk of the um, of the te- uh, Austin one. And then nice. I think we're going to go to Cosmoverse as well because we're going to um, spend a lot of time in South America doing uh, we're doing a hackathon in, in uh, Mexico around the date as well. So we're all, I think most of us are going to go to all of them. So I think Cosmoverse is on the list as well. Oh, heck yeah. But, uh, but yeah. you guys are going to the one in Austin too? Is yeah, yeah. We've, we've got sponsors, nice. yeah. Nice. See, that's uh, maybe where all these cosmonauts in the U.S. might be able to meet up and meet the Loop team. That's where I yep. think like most obtainable for a lot of people here is to, like, you know, even myself is just to go to go to Texas and go go to an event there rather than traveling all the way to South America. <laughs> I think there's a lot of events going on, right? There's, um, I know there's about I think we got about six conferences in the inner space time. We're it's going to go to Croatia, but I think it was a bit last minute and um, yeah. Uh, I think to get the team now, I think it was like 2K, but just, just for the tickets, it was like 2K or something just for the tickets. So I don't think we're going to Croatia, but we'll be going to, I think there's one in Singapore. Uh, there's stuff in um, there's stuff in US. I think we're running some hackathons yeah, in Mexico, Argentina, I think. is Argentina might have a TFL hackathon. And then you've got Cosmoverse in, um, is that in Colombia, right? Yep. Yeah, so we'll be there for sure, I think. Nice. Yeah, you're about to be a little international going around after not being able to really do travel and do much with uh, all the lockdown stuff, huh? You're going to be living it up. Yeah, yeah, but it's busy. I mean, conferences get hectic, but it's fun. It's fun to work the room. I I enjoy that part. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, right next to Clay over in Texas, so Clay is really going to be there. If I, if yeah, I, do that, I already, I already took div, James. What do you mean? Yeah, Trendy is showing me that the tickets are like $1,000 now. Oh, maybe they were 400 or something. Then there's no way they were 150. Right? Like, there's I'm like, no damn, I, I feel like they were really cheap the other weekend and they, they exactly. told us that and I didn't look at it. I was like, yeah, Ooh. fuck it, I'm rich, right? It's all your bro. That's a lot for our conference, but. 
conferences are expensive. I mean, the one I feel like in you Miami going, like, was scalper way in, bro. I'm sorry, yeah, Tricky. Right. I'm I'm just gonna go say, hey, I I know Cosmos Haas. Like, we 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 all just come on. <laughs> I I know I know the Haas. Let's let us in. Like, all, that's all we have to do is just say we just have to say his name. Amy. If we go down there and we form an entourage with Haas, like in the middle, I, I feel like we can get into anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here's the thing, though. We don't know who the real host is. So how do we know that whoever's saying that's host that it's really host and not like host's brother? I feel like if we go to if we know like the general vicinity he's in, like he's gonna be loud enough to where he's talking about osmosis. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you gonna hear him talking about osmosis. Fucking <laughs> dude, I still like what I'm excited about actually is to like as as much as we get together like on twitter spaces and things like that like in real life is is where it's at so to be able to like you know do that stuff with people and you know meet up have fun do these events you know it's make crazy friends. it's so crazy tricky because i don't know if people know in the audience that we don't even know what we look like each other like we don't oh only clay we know what clay looks like in Asia, <laughs> but like us you me like, and me <laughs> oh, I yeah, mean, yeah, Simon, Simon, yeah. Obviously. or wait is that your picture really simon yeah, that's think it is games, just you, a random guy. You legend, you. <laughs> that's funny. But no, Eric showed himself too. He's gonna be all pissed off. He's probably with his wife right now, just like man, these guys hate me. I don't even know why I hang out with them. <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah, I wonder what Mayor looks like. Like, I envision Mayor. I don't know with with a little top hat, just like in that picture. Yeah, I like my ape. I like <laughs> I like my secret ape. You yeah, guys. That's the first NFT I bought, and I was like, "All right, all these guys, they got the rabbits and the apes and and all this stuff." I'm like, "But I mean, I, I thought secret is they've got so much going on over there in the secret network. It's it's great, but um, NFTs are it's just crazy, man. It's like there's so many different options, but yeah, you guys will not know what I look like in, unless we meet." And, meeting uh austin <laughs> hey mayor i'll no. pick you up on the way there we can make it a road trip bro i'll uh i'll you know swing by oh that'd be a drive bro that'd that's be a, drive. a long trip yeah it'll it'll be fun i promise mayor i just noticed you changed <laughs> was that games who, who was that talking yeah that was games yeah that'd be fun I just, man i just noticed you have your ape on your profile now but like, thank you that's awesome <laughs> finally you don't have the osmosis thing on there it's been like that for a while, Clay. You know what? I just haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, though. So somebody please tell me, is it like one of those Twitter blue features where you can just like have your profile picture change randomly all the time? Or do some people just like glitch the Twitter out by changing their profile like 10 times in a row? And so it doesn't know what what their real one is. Wow. I've never I have Twitter blue, but that doesn't happen with me, bro. For real. You guys have never seen that? How like people's nfts like just will change in the middle of the space or is that just me i think it's that's if you manually change it i think Dude, i i would like literally will click on someone's profile and then it's one thing and then i go back to the space and it's changed and then there's like three different ones that like i'll i can count on seeing their profile be it's weird <laughs> sounds yeah. like it's just me <laughs> i've seen some um, nfts that are actually like you know um like gifts or whatever you want to call them where they'll change so maybe that's what you're looking at 
some profile picture NFTs. But it's Twitter, man. Weird. That's so funny. People put up with us just ra- randomly talking about this. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, I wanted to just say one thing um, about Secret. I don't know. We mentioned that. That the uh, the Jackal Dow... Uh, snapshot is tomorrow and it's um i think what is it 20 juno no 20 secret 10 juno minimum 10 atom is the minimum for for the jackal dow uh airdrop and the snapshot is tomorrow so like if you have 19 juno you might want to just uh stake one more juno just to be eligible oh yeah that's good information mayor thank you can you repeat those numbers one more time mayor please for everybody um yeah it's uh 20 secret uh 10 adam and 10 juno i believe i think i reposted it and if you stake secret to the actual uh jackal dow validator i think there's a double bonus on the airdrop i'll actually pin a um medium article that outlines all those airdrops for secret um, I found it pretty informative. So let me let me pin it to the top of the space. Yeah. A minute, yeah. Dude. I'm pretty bullish for Jackal. I think that's like a, a data storage option for crypto. That's supposed yeah. to be like competing with AWS, right? And yes. Like, like, uh, like competitive pricing for basically data storage. That's pretty awesome, bro. Because I, I, and I think it was Sandy that said it, like she likes to look for coins that, have you actual utility like dvpn and a cash like she gets really super excited about those because they actually have a use like today that you could use them for so i think that's why i get really excited about jackal uh is because they have that same kind of um like kind of uh utility already built out so that's pretty cool hmm. anybody having any issues with drawing assets from osmosis I just got a DM saying that someone had an issue withdrawing. I was having issues like what were they trying to withdraw? Was it Juno? Let's see. Um, yeah, if they were on the if they were on the main page instead of the frontier. Yeah, I was going to say I was having issues with Juno swap with depositing, and it finally came up. But yeah, there was issues with relayers today for Juno. Oh, it's it's actually Osmo. Uh, they wanted to stake their Osmo, and they weren't able to do it. But I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have to do it on the actual osmosis page. You can just do it on Kepler, right? So let me talk to that person. He's a uh, Spanish speaker, or maybe he's just kind of confused. I love these Friday night spaces. This this one kind of reminds me of one of the, one of the early ones where um, uh, we just kind of chilled. But then with uh, Jack popping in there in the middle of the space, it's like we were all just kind of talking. And then you never know when Sonny would, would pop in there back was it like back in January and February when things started kicking off? <laughs> right, dude. Those were the days. But, you know, I think they're just so busy building right now, bro. Like even Simon yeah. said it. He's been super busy building, man. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't expect them to pop in here, you know, like, like they were. But I think it's that, that was back when, um, I mean, osmosis was just like some, something about December and January. Like that's when osmosis just like went kind of parabolic there for a little bit you know and and uh everyone got real excited and, and then you still are you know but it's just uh i don't know i, I know that's that's kind of like when i got more involved with osmosis was uh you know in january it's it's kind of crazy to think like it's only been like 
three months. Seems like a lot more has happened. <laughs> That's crypto for you. Can you imagine, like, when they're three years into it, Mayor? Like, there's going to be so much that happens between now and then. It's just insane to think about. Yeah, yeah, three years. Like, like little G still listening. Like that. Like, I think that, that guy said he's like 15 years old and he's in crypto. Like, dude, you got five, ten years from now, you stake some of these coins and. <laughs> you can build some big bags. Well, or, or they learn to code, right? Or they learn to code young. Yeah, that'd be even better. Do what? Learn to have, code. Have you, have you seen the um? Have you seen the guys from? Uh, uh, have you heard of Risk Harbor? I've heard the n- name before. What? So Risk Harbor's like um, they're they're running the insurance, but they're gonna doing the insurance is an ozone protocol that hasn't really gone anywhere actually in the last couple months that we know of in, in the public facing eye called ozone, right? And uh, it's, it's like peg insurance, right? Uh, and that's run through a protocol called I think they uh, pass it on to a big uh, ETH protocol called Risk Harbor to manage it. And the founders of that are two brothers, I think, and one of them's seventeen, one of them's eighteen, and they they they're basically managing this billion dollar uh, insurance protocol on ETH, and they're like seventeen and eighteen. It's absolutely nuts. Wow, <laughs> insurance. That's such. That's such a sector that is just could just be so so much potential within blockchain to to deal with insurance because all it is is like locking up funds to save it for when the claims come in. You know, so it's like people buy a policy. You know, you you take the money from the policy, you put it into some safe DeFi. It's going to make you, you know, five ten percent interest. <laughs> I mean, it's. In, I'm I'm just surprised the insur- insurance sector hasn't. I mean, yeah, it's. And you got what do you say? You got a seventeen and eighteen year old kid. It's gonna. They're gonna build some application and take on. They're gonna. They're gonna do to, to the insurance big big insurance companies what uh, Netflix did to Blockbuster. They're just gonna take them out. It's nuts, man. I mean, Facebook and stuff. Yeah, young tech innovators always seem to to do well, like Elon Musk and and Zuck and stuff. Like they started so young. Uh, I think with insurance, there's there's, always, there's issues that come with it as well, especially real world insurance because you need a process, you need a you need a, a system for for um for claims, right? Because there has to be a third party of some kind involved. You know, some can use oracles. You know, weather, uh, on chain stuff's easy with oracles. But when you talk about like you know someone's car, you know, crashing or something like that, how how do you prove that? Like, how do you you know input that data into the blockchain to either prove or dis disprove a claim that's always a challenge yeah for sure yeah there's definitely some yeah auto insurance is yeah it's a little different but yeah i don't know man i for any young like i have a i have a nephew who has just started his first year of college and i've just i've kind of been planting little seeds with him you know i think he wants to go more into um like uh, he's definitely interested in tech but he wants to do more ai type stuff but i keep trying to just plant little seeds with them about blockchain and stuff like that. Because I mean, any, any young kid, whether it's guy, guy or girl, boy or girl, it's like the opportunities within web three are going to, I think going to be amazing. And especially if you can learn to basic coding skills, I think you mentioned that Simon, just coding, coding. And there's so many boot camps where you can try to learn code. Not just coding though. I don't know any coding whatsoever. Uh, you can still build in crypto without knowing coding. It's just 
harder because you need to, to to attach to people that know coding and, and understand how to run devs and things like that. But there's so many opportunities, right? It's just I think if you just immerse yourself in the space and find ways in which you can add value and create value, and then then there's another piece to it, right? Like you can add value but not know your value. So that's another piece of the puzzle, which is okay. Well, if you know that you can add value, then it's about receiving value in return. So how do you position yourself, you know, to to get hired by protocols, to build protocols, to to attract investors and all that sort of stuff. So there's, there's a lot to it, right? Like there's a lot of really smart people in crypto that that are doing great things, but they're not necessarily benefiting or, or reaping rewards from crypto because they may not know how to position themselves. And that's an important piece as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and I also feel like I think a lot of people who are outside of crypto, like they still don't understand, like with a lot of the, the Web2 applications, and just like email and Gmail, it's like, it's so like, they are the product. Like, I, like when I'm using Gmail, I'm the product. I'm, I'm what's being sold. You know, like Google's making billions of dollars off of their AI, just, you know, scanning everybody's mail and then force feeding all these ads to us through Chrome. It's like, you are the product. And it's just like, I mean, I understand like, that's how it was free in the beginning, you know, email, that's how Gmail jump started everybody because they offered free, free, uh, email storage. I get all that. And I, I understand the, um, the revenue stream from all that, but it's just, I just don't like the idea of being, being the product, you know? And I think if, if we can articulate that to more people who are outside of crypto, that like, there's going to be this, hopefully this whole new decentralized web where it's like, you get to own your digital identity. Like, that's just a big sell to me. And I, I just like, I don't know, like, I just think there needs to be more marketers in crypto that are like, I don't know, can explain it better or just be better, uh, you know, better, better ways of explaining people what the possibilities are. If, if, it, if you know, it will come loop learn helps that for sure. I've, I've, I've worked on that a lot. Like, yeah, I, that, that's what I liked about your guys' website, uh, Simon. It's like, I, that was really impressive to me. Like the way you guys are engaging your community and to just get, getting the more of the articles out there for the new people to understand, like, well, Hey, why is this important? Why is decentralization important? Like what's, what's the point? Like some people just don't understand, you know? I'm, I mean, more the videos. So I actually get, going to push, I think probably on Monday, the next version of loop learn where fix a lot of bugs but when i built these videos really my whole thing was about okay people need to know how it works but more importantly they need to know why right you can know how how bitcoin works right but more important than what how bitcoin works is why bitcoin exists what problems is it solving and what is the future vision of it if you take each piece of crypto and you break it down to that and you go hey why does DeFi exist what 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 is some of the current problems in the world that DeFi helps to solve and then so went into, you know, when you go into those videos and you look at what it is DeFi, we actually, most of the video talks about, uh, rather than actually talking about the different protocols in DeFi, it talks about the current issues that DeFi can potentially solve, like uh, banking the unbanks and, and the, the lack of access to the financial system that most of the, the, most of the West, most of the third world has and the different issues with that and how DeFi is created to potentially solve that. So if you can kind of take that, like, the, the why of things rather than the what, you can really, like, I think that really touches people a lot at a lot deeper level than, hey, what is DeFi? Oh, it's Uniswap and Curve and, and Astro and Osmo and all these things. But no, but why 
Why is this powerful? Well, it's removing the middleman from, um, you know, the intermediary out of everything. And that's, that's more powerful than just, just explaining what it is. Yeah, you, you, you definitely nailed it. It's explaining the why, because people who are not, people who don't like to take risks with their finances, when they hear the word cryptocurrency, they think they initially are going to go to, you know, shady people, money laundering or, you know, scams, you know, and it's like, if you, if you explain to them the why of like, why is, you know, blockchain technology a good thing? Why is a, a public ledger a good thing? And it takes out the middle person. And, and yes, there can be scams because there's, there needs to be more regulation. You know, once we can get some hopefully good regulation, at least in the U.S. Um, and, and in other countries, it'll, it'll take some of that away. But it's like, like you said, people who don't understand the technology, they're going to be afraid of it. And that's, and I think that's a great thing you guys are doing with Loop Learn. It, it's amazing. Like, uh, I'm going to hopefully uh, tw- tweet out some more of your guys' stuff. Because I remember when I looked at it about a week ago, I, I was really impressed with the, with the program. I recommend anyone to smash through the videos, no matter what level you're at. Like, no, no matter how long you've been in crypto, even the intro to crypto section, I think is worth, even if it's a refresher, right? It's so worth going through those videos and, and really looking at those concepts because I think being able to then use that can really help our communication um, to, to improve how we communicate crypto to others too because you may pick up a few light bulb moments that are like, hey, I haven't thought of this way of explaining this. Maybe this is the way that I can explain it to my aunt or whatever it is. So I, I recommend anybody, no matter how long you've been in crypto, how long you've been building, whatever you do, go, go to Loop Learn, check out, or go through the videos and check it out from, from the start. Like go to video number one, go through them all. And you'll, I'm sure there's, there's something for all of us to learn there. And yeah, it's, it's, it's worth checking out for sure. Yeah, very cool, Simon, man. Definitely if you're in, if you're in Austin, if I go, man, I definitely would like to, to meet up and just chat with you. Um, I, I really feel like you, you just have a heart for just uh, educating and, you know, helping people understand uh, definance. And I agree 100% with you, you know, helping under people, people understand the why and like with, with definance, you know, it's like, wh- why is traditional finance? It is what it is, but, you know, it used to be banks were more user friendly and I feel they're real more kind of predatory now you know, with the credit cards and the, and the fees and the late fees or, you know, even with like an overdraft fee, like you have a base, a, a regular bank and a checking account here in the United States. If you, it's really weird. Like you have a checking account and if you have like automated payments, um, like just automated mortgage payment or automated bill pay, and you don't have enough in your account, you can get an overdraft fee. And sometimes it's like, $25. And it's just like, okay, well, number one, why, why did you let someone pull money out of my account that wasn't there? Like that should never happen. The money, you know, if I've got, if I've got $150 in my checking account and, and there's a withdrawal for 250, like that should, should just not happen, you know, but then the banks let it happen and you get an overdraft fee. Like it's just stuff like that. It just annoys, annoys me. We had big things with banks here in Australia, um, getting massive fines. Uh, Lot had issues with things with money laundering, but there was also a, a whole. There's a, one of the biggest banks in Australia, one of the big four, was charging fees to dead people. Like there was a whole scandal about it. Like they, they call it the Royal Commission. They were actually charging like monthly fees, like 
uh, bank fees to dead people that were like known to be dead. So there's this kind of shady stuff that that creates mistrust. But on top of it, it's it's understanding that the system that currently exists only works because we have this unbacked trust in it. Like the law, like we live in a you know first world countries. Most of us, I, I'd imagine, um, some of us maybe not. Um, we trust our, you know, this tr- some level of trust in the law, in the legal system, and in the contracts enforcement uh, system, because we have some level of trust in it. If that's to break down, like if you're in a corrupt country in a third world country and you can't trust that legal system, then it stops working. And it's the same with the banks, right? So with the banks, the only reason that the system works without an unbacked ledger like blockchain is because we have some level. Obviously, there's government. Um, red tape and all these you know, kind of things in place. And there's some level of trust that the, the system works to a certain level at least, right? If the banks are to do something shady, there may be you know, safeguards for governments to step in, but that's time, it's expensive, it's, and it's, it's after the fact, right, rather than at the front. Whereas when we bring in blockchain and DeFi and the ability to cut out that middleman and we create a system that's trustless and doesn't need to rely on trust, suddenly there's no more doubting that you have to trust on the system. Like if you're in a very corrupt country, you may not trust the banks. You can't rely on that system because you don't trust them. But when you create that trust as a base layer, then everything built on top of that doesn't have to worry about the the bottom layer. So you can build so much more innovation like DeFi and everything that we're doing. And that kind of concept is something that, uh, you know, I mean, I've just explained what all of us already know by being in DeFi, but being able to explain that to someone who doesn't understand crypto and why it exists is super powerful. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Definitely for sure. So anyways, I'm probably going to step down, let, let you guys chat if you're going to go a little bit longer, but, uh, yeah, I gotta get ready for tomorrow, but definitely good chat with you guys as always of great space, uh, tricky and gains, uh, for sure. Clay passes in the background there, just chilling. Peace out mayor. And yeah, bro. If you're going to go to Austin, please let us know, dude. Okay. Yeah, I definitely need to look at the calendar and and uh, and plan some stuff out. But it's, I think it's what, the second week of June? Maybe July, first? June, June 9 and 10, I believe. Okay. Right, Simon? Well, I have I'll, absolutely no idea. Okay, <laughs> June, yeah. think, June 9 and 10, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out and uh, I'll get back with you guys. But yeah, definitely. Good, great space, guys. Good talking to you. I think it's a good time to wrap it up, Tricky. What do you what do you say? Yes, sir, I agree. You got another one tomorrow posted at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time anyway. And then Haas's show um at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. So plenty of more spaces coming up. And don't forget, we still have the giveaway running in our Discord. So eight Osmo, eight winners. Good luck. Dope, guys. See you later. Chat to you soon. I'll try to jump on, but you know, obviously flat out, so may not make it to everything. Thanks, Simon, for dropping by, bro. Peace. Appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part IBC Gang Lounge Space, recorded on Friday, April 8th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. 
Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Take advantage of their Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, which brings you the hottest news and updates on all things Terra each and every day. Find it using the link in the show notes. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. Terra Spaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting the yeses. Feels like I've been getting my masters Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive Raise up the bar before I fly right past it I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin Then put that shit back in the damn basket Like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes And take the rest and turn them into free bait Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes impossible defending the plausible from end to demonstrable the mission isn't even worried about the clearance running interference till our enemies fear us we're only one disappearance away from a bad day everybody trying to save face on the last day feeling fancy about to pull out the mass eh? drop the eight ball in passing that's so passe i'm getting nasty you cannot put it past me a mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting feeling like a masterpiece looking like a tragedy trying to get through another day full of savagery getting headstrong from working in the mess hall all hands on deck waiting for our next haul i need the rest got big plans to eject so feed the grass and keep off the kleenex i am interested in magic because i am fascinated with psychology i love to learn about how people make inferences how they draw conclusions and find patterns and information and in particular i'm interested in all that can go wrong uh, how an individual can be led astray from certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited. Channel spaces. <laughs>